reminder for me. <laughs> okay, so just to, to get a, a fresh start again and, and, and just know where we're at, um, Colossian, again, uh, one of three cities in one district, if we think of it this way, uh, very small city, very, any, very insignificant city, uh, was not even, as we said before multiple times, was not even uh, established by St. Paul himself, but uh, he heard, as we know from the beginning of the, of the epistle, that, uh, that uh, Epiphras is the one who established it, and then he heard uh, the news that they are start to, 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 um, to receive different teaching and different uh, theologies and different uh, dogma. So he went and told St. Paul what's going on. St. Paul in the beginning uh, kind of uh, commended them on their faithfulness, on their, uh, on their, on their uh, starting of, of keeping what they've received, but then going right away into attacking the, the, the bad teaching or the wrong teaching that they have been receiving, which is basically, again, uh, as we, we, we studied together, the, the Gnosticism, the knowledge that comes from a different source, that, uh, that, uh, that there is another reason and another way to know God other than Christ himself. And there are, you know, with that, we said there are two, two very, very extreme ends, either one of them that, that the, the, the matter and the body is evil, so you have to, 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 to uh, be harsh and, 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 and control it, or what's important is the spirit, so the body doesn't matter. So whatever you want to do with the body, it's okay, because what's important is the spirit. And, and again, it's different teaching, and as we said in the beginning, it's very, very, very relevant to, to our day and age right now, because you hear all those things all over the place. That, uh, that whatever feels good, do it. Whatever you want to do, do it. Is there is multiple other ways other than Christ and other than Jesus and, and, and so forth. And try to discover who you are. And, and I don't want to get into that, but more and more and more things that will actually cloud the mind and, and shift people from being under the, the creator. That's why in chapter one, we talked about St. Paul, again, uh, gave that idea of, of that he is the creator, he's the image of God, he is the, the seen of the unseen, trying to get their mind again to like, there is only one God, and you just have to obey, you just have to follow, and that God is a loving God, he gave himself, and he did this, and this, and this, and that, and because of that, you are, as we said later on, uh, in chapter two and three, that you are new creation, right? And because of what he's done for you, you are a new creation. Because of that, if you are a new creation, that's what we were studying in chapter three, that if you are a new creation, you ought to behave in a certain way. You have to, to, to understand that. That's why in, in, uh, in uh, chapter three, goes on that, uh, that uh, if you have been uh, risen with Christ, then seek things that's from above, right? Uh, Chapter three, that, uh, that uh, uh, from the beginning, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting. And as we said, after he is establishing the, the foundation of the dogma of the theology, he moves on to the practical instructions. And we talked about how he first starting with, with uprooting the evil, as it says, you know, that, uh, that but now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice. And before that, he was talking about, about adultery. And we, we talked about this in depth about the adultery is basically anyone who is worshiping another God, because we are his and we are, he is our bridegroom and he, we are his bride. So with that, if I go back and, and, and start to obey and start to worship another God, that I'm, in a way I am committing adultery. And that is the mindset of the whole Old Testament. We talked about in Hosea, we talked about in the, in the, in the, in the, in the Song of Songs, we talked about in Ezekiel, we talked about in Isaiah, that I am your, your creator is your husband. Remember that verse? Your creator is your husband. So be careful who you're following, because if you follow somebody else, you're actually committing adultery. And that is the general meaning of what St. Paul is talking. And then after uprooting those bad things, he starts to give them, okay, now here is... You, you put on the new man. So then that's why put on bowels of mercy. And we talked about this in depth, how it comes from the inside, not from the outside. I can just try to, to, 
try to love my neighbor or try to love my brother or my sister, or maybe <laughs> trying to love my enemy as much as I can from the outside, but it doesn't work because it has to be from the inside. It has to be that bowels of mercy from the inside that comes from God himself, from the Lord himself, from the spirit himself. And that's why he moves on with this, that bearing one another, one another, and then, as we said, putting on on top of all these things, what love, which is the what? The bond of perfection, as that everything that is covered by, by that bond of perfection, as it says. And then moved on, we kind of like went through it last time, but I think it's, it's, it's enough time to, 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 to look at this and maybe we need to move on to what's next. But just again, giving three examples of the three very, very interesting and very important relationships at the time. We have to look at it from the time of the Greek Roman time, that the, the household of, the, of the, the, the man, the household of the, of the, of the Greek Roman uh, house and the husband and the wife, the father and the children and the master and the slaves. As if this is, covers the whole society, the whole interactions, the whole interactions. And without going into details, we, 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 the, the bottom line of all this, which is what, if you remember uh, the, the, the verse 24, for you serve the Lord Christ, as whoever, whatever that setting is, whether it's a husband and wife or a master or, or, or slaves or father and children, the actual master is whom? is God. So don't get confused. Don't try to be the master and you are not the master, whether you are the husband or the father or the master. The one and only master, that's why it says, whatever you do, do it what heartily as the Lord, as to the Lord, not to the man. And that's, as we said last time, that's, that's a very, very general way and very actually general and precise way also of looking at, at everything that we do. Whether, whether in, in work or at home or church or service or relationship or whatever, but with that mindset that as to the Lord and not to man. My boss is God, not my boss. My master is the Lord, not whoever that master is. And with that mindset, it brings, brings meaning to what we do. And actually resolves lots of the issues. You know, how many times I hear, you know, complaints, you know, that really I'm struggling with work because my boss is so and so and so and so, and I can't stand him and I can't stand her and we're not getting along. And okay, just wait a minute. Remember, whatever you do, you're doing for what? For the Lord. So get out of that, that, that who is, who's, in, who's your boss as that, that human being that is giving you a hard time. But at the end of the day, your enemy is not your boss. Your enemy is not your spouse. Your enemy is not your wife. Your enemy is not your husband. Your enemy is not your child. Your enemy is not your father. The enemy is what? This devil who's trying to destroy, who's trying to, to find a way to enter and to, to cloud the mindset in order for again to know that, okay, there are different ways of knowledge other than God. So let's not forget the context of this epistle itself because always that is the key. As we said before, and as we learned that, that the key for understanding, especially the epistles is why and where and what is the problem itself that the writer, the author is trying to, to solve, right? And not to say that this is something that's irrelevant that's at that time, no, we'll see that this is so much relevant to now and our day and age right now, as we'll see in today's chapter. So this is all, again, up to, chapter, up, up to the end of chapter three, again, who is God? Number one, who is the source of knowledge? That source of knowledge is, God, is Christ. Who that Christ is, he is the image. He is the imprint. He is the, the seen of the unseen. And he is the creator that is in control of everything. And he is the one who was able to renew and to give you new life. And based on that new life, here you're supposed to behave in this way. Because it's not just the knowledge, it's not just the theology, it's not just the dogma that we know, but it is, it is the behavior, right? Seeing, we're just talking with the, with the campus uh, service on Thursday, and, and, and they, were, they were discussing the, 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 the issue or the topic of partiality, how we can have partiality between each other and how we can really look at you and say, you know what, I don't like you for whatever reason, and then I prefer to be with that. And we start to actually differentiate between people. And it was, it was so amazing when, we were, when, I, when I was looking actually the meaning of partiality itself, like in English, we have just one, one or multiple words, partiality, bias, uh, favoritism, 
multiple words for the same meaning. But when, when I was looking at that in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the scripture, actually Deuteronomy 19, God says, do not have partiality. The actual word, there's no one word for that in Hebrew. It, the meaning is do not recognize faces, which is very strange, but it makes so much sense. So there's no one word for favoritism or for partiality, but the actual term that the, the scripture is using is do not recognize faces. Because the partiality comes from what? Recognizing faces. Like I know you and I know that you've been bad to me before, so I, I, I don't wanna have that relationship with you. And that makes sense even if we know the history that when, when people used to enter into the court for the king or for the judge, they were always have to look down or even cover themselves. Why is that? Because of the same thing, because the judge is not supposed to recognize the face. Because if I know that you are coming to me with an issue and I know your face, that will affect my what? My decision. So do not recognize faces, meaning look at everybody as what? As the likeness, as the image of Christ. As the image of Christ. And that becomes so much helpful in our struggle. And that's what he's trying to say. When we, when, we, when we do everything as to the Lord, don't recognize faces. Don't say that I'm doing this to this person that I hate. <laughs> or that person that has been so mean to me, how could I be nice to him? Don't recognize faces. Look at Christ that's in the person. And that becomes a very, very unique way of, of keeping my faith, keeping my peace, and for actually, as we'll, we'll learn later on today, taking that opportunity to pray for the person as St. Paul will talk about later on. So this is all where we're at right now. Chapter four, again, as we said, chapter four, verse one, kind of continuation of, of chapter three, which is again, the same thing again, uh, masters give your bond servants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master and have the same idea again, knowing that you have a master. And with that, he starts chapter four with, from verse two with more instructions, more uh, guidance for the people, more guidance for the people. So let's read it, read from two to probably seven, and then, and then we'll, we'll, we'll uh, stop at several things and see exactly uh, what we have for today. So four, again, Colossians four from two, continue earnestly in prayer being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. I'll stop at this point for now. What's the main things from these few verses? Main things, prayers, number one. And number two is dealing with each other, especially again, remember at the time, the Christians were always surrounded by whom? by heathen people, by people who are not believers. This is the beginning of Christianity, right? So there are groups that, that, that converted and accepted Christianity, whether they're Jews that went back to the Lord, to the Messiah, or, or uh, uh, Gentiles who came and, and confessed that the Lord is the Lord, right? So with, this, with, with, with that setup, he's telling them the other thing that, or the other point, how to deal with them, how to deal with them. And how you can do what? Be a reason to do what? To bring them. To bring them. So that, this is basically what, what this passage is. We'll talk about this in more details from, again, the point of prayers and from the point of uh, uh, dealing with each other and how, how St. Paul himself is looking at this. So what do we have here? Number one, he starts with what? Continue earnestly in prayers. Continue earnestly in prayer. So after what we've heard from chapter three, all those things, again, the one thing that we always say that this is what? Hard, right? How can I put off this? And how can I gain the, 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 the bowels of mercy? And how can I be loving? And how, and how, and how, and how? So as if the answer of that, and as if the normal and natural 
process of the thought would be, if you want to keep this, if you want to continue to have that mindset, as you said before, set your mind on Christ, the only way to do this is to be what? In prayer, in prayer. And that brings us the question is, what is prayer? Is it prayer is the only time or status? What do you think? What do I mean by that? I love, I love, sorry, I love, you know, with, 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 with the writings of, 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 of late Pope Shenouda, when he goes, the, the life of repentance, the life of, of prayers, the life of, why is that? Yes, Nabi. All the time, unceasingly, right? Continuously, right? Continuously, continuously. So when he, when he talks about that, that, that continuous, it's actually continuous in steadfastness. Continuous, not as, as only the, 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 the structure that we have, but to be living in the spirit of prayers all the time. What does it mean again in the spirit of a prayer, spirit of prayer? How is that? Constantly, okay. Complete submission, okay. At, at one, at one, which means again the full, the fullness, the 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 the, the mind, the body, the spirit that we're all. Prayer is being in His presence. Prayer is that as we talk, we, we we talked about this before at one of the one of days being what in His presence, your face. Right, your presence is before me all the time. So whether whatever I'm doing, that I am in the mind of prayer, in the spirit of prayer. And the main problem practically that we have is we are disconnected. And I always say that, okay, you know, I'm so busy with my life. I wake up maybe late. I'm just gonna mumble a couple of words in the morning. So I, I know that, you know what, I prayed, I did my duty, I prayed. And then I go to my you know, work, my, 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 my life, my routine and so disconnected throughout the whole day and then come back again at night. Okay, well, I, wow, I need, I need to, to pray. So I, again, do the same thing again, mumble a couple of words and then I'm done. But is this what he wants? Is this the life of prayer? No, absolutely not. That's why I love in orthodoxy the term that's called, and I probably talked about this before more and more because I love this concept that the liturgy never ends. The life of the liturgy after liturgy. What does that mean? What does that mean? Actually, this, this phrase came from, from, a, from a, 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 a small village in, in Greece that uh, an, an elderly lady just moved into that village. So first thing she did, called the, the priest of the church and she, the, as normal as Orthodox, you know, you know, when does the liturgy end? We don't ask when does the liturgy start? <laughs> because you wanna go right before the end. So she goes, when does the liturgy end? And the priest tell, told her the liturgy never ends. Liturgy never ends. We live the liturgy after the liturgy, which is what the liturgy is that we are in his presence. He is on the table. He is Emmanuel is with us. God is with us. And we are surrounded by the Lord, by the angels, by the saints, by, by everything. So when we say the liturgy never ends or the liturgy after liturgy, meaning what? That I am taking Christ with me. So the term of that, goes on to say that that instead of having one altar here your desk becomes your altar your kitchen counter becomes your altar your changing table for a mother that's changing for her baby is an altar it's a mind it's a status that i am in his presence always so that's what he means here by by continue earnestly in prayer continue in the prayer continue in that don't you know not judging anybody, but we don't have that, you know, a certain place and a certain time and a certain things. And then after this, I'm, I'm just, yes, we do have this, definitely. But this is the time, but before that, there is a continuation. Remember the story of Nehemiah when he was in front of the king? Right? And then when, 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 when the king noticed that he is what? He said, what did he do? What did Nehemiah do? In the book, it says, then Nehemiah lifted up his heart and prayed. Like, well, he didn't go and said, okay, excuse me, king, let me go pray and come back. But what did he do? From the scripture itself, from, from, the, from the text itself. 
There was just sighing. Like, that, ah, <laughs> that was a prayer. Right? It's very, very interesting to read this. It says, In, in chapter two, let's read this really, really quick. Chapter two, verse four, Nehemiah two, four. I'm just reading it so quick because that is, that is very, very good example of what we're talking about right now. Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king, I prayed and I said, that means that he's praying where? Right at the moment, right at the moment. And I said to the king, if it pleases you, and then goes on also that, that, that he, he is in that, in that mindset, he is in prayer. So he didn't excuse himself and say, okay, let me go pray first and come back. No, I prayed and I said to the king, why? Because he is, he is there already, he is there already. So that's what St. Paul is talking about here. Continue earnestly in prayer, continue earnestly. Exactly, 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 right. He asked and he prayed and he answered. Like this is all in, in a matter of less than a minute, right? But it tells us what, that he was in that status. Another thing that I was just reading just recently, which is very, very, very phenomenal, that, that the time that, that the Lord appeared to Saul before he became Paul, right? Saul as a, as a Jew, as a Pharisee, as a person that is actually believe in the book, believe in the text, believe in the Psalms. So the, the one book that I was reading talks about like what made also Paul or Saul at that time aware that what would you think a Pharisee would do on a trip from Jerusalem to Damascus? He must have been in a status of prayer, even though he didn't believe in the Lord, but he believed in the scripture. So definitely what he has on his mind was the scripture. With all the, the, the knowledge of and experience of, of Saul of the Old Testament. So he wasn't just wandering around and just dreaming how I can kill those evil Christians. But the thought was like, he must have been actually meditating as the law says, meditate in the Lord, in the word of the Lord. So he was, although, although he did not know the Christ, but still being in that status allowed him to like, who are you, Lord? What do you want from me? He was ready, which is a very, very phenomenal observation. That we always think that Saul is the evil person that went and killed, but actually he was evil in a way, but actually he was very, very pious in another way. Because he was, he was following the Torah. So what's on his mind is the Torah, is the scripture. So when it comes again to continue earnestly in prayer, that means be in that spirit of prayer, that I am in his presence all the time. And that's why you continue again. See, uh, we did it again. This is all in just one word. <laughs> continue earnestly. Continue earnestly. Being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. So here he's saying that the prayer would be continuous. Prayer would be vigilant. And prayer would be what? In thanksgiving. In thanksgiving. And, and I can't tell you how many times I've, I've heard how often and how strong the impact of the thanksgiving prayer on people. To have covered us, helped us, guarded us. That's why the church always starts with the Thanksgiving prayer and everything, and everything. And some people, it's a repetition. Well, I don't think I can repeat enough to be in Thanksgiving. But it's interesting also to be vigilant or watchful in Thanksgiving. What does that mean? How can I be watchful? How can I be watchful?
Watchful definitely is the actual word is as as it's written or as the Lord told the disciples when they were, when they were on the Mount of Transfiguration. Couldn't you be awake with me, right? As the same thing happened in Gethsemane. Also, can't you stay up and 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 stay awake with, for one hour with me? So the actual awakeness, which is again the awakeness of the heart, not awakeness of the spirit of the physical, but the awakening of the heart, right? And, and that's another thing which we need to ask ourselves, what, what is it that keeps the heart awake? Goes on again with the same mindset of what can we, how can we actually be in the status of the liturgy after the liturgy? How can the heart be awake? What, we, what awakes the heart and what puts the heart to sleep? What do you think? What are the things that awakens the heart? See, thinking makes the heart awake, but not in a, in, in, in a, in, it will keep the heart awake, yes, but will, will cloud the mind. So we're not, we're not, we're not necessarily connecting. Yes, compassion, compassion, yes, love. You know, if I love a person, I'll be thinking about the person all the time. It comes organic, it comes natural. And that's one thing again going, this is, this, this, these are the basics again, but again, the idea that I am loved personally by God as, as a person, not as a one in billions, as much as that is a basic concept, but it's definitely not still, a lot of times it's just an abstract. It's not like I know that I am loved. And that brings us back again, as we said last time, to Romans 5, 5, that the love of God is poured in our hearts by the Spirit. So that compassion comes from the work of the Spirit. The church father says one thing that might be actually strange, but the one thing that keeps the heart awake, according to the church father's mind, is remembrance of death. And that's the main thing, actually, that the church fathers use all the time, that this life is short so remembrance of death not in a in a in a in a, in a you know depressing way or losing hope way but in actual what again remember the end of of, 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 of revelation the spirit and the bride says amen come so that 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 longing for that that's why the, the 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 remembrance of death that's why again if you just prayed with us the Vespers today, the, the ritual of the Vespers in the Coptic Orthodox Church that we always pray the litany of that departure. If you notice that, why are we praying for the departure? It's the end of the day, it's a reminder that as the day is ending, our life also is ending. So that's why we pray the litany of, of, of the departure in every Vespers as, as an actual physical practical thing to connect us to that mindset of be vigilant, being vigilant. The prayers of the 11th and the 12th hour talks about that all the time in the Agbeya. So in another way also beside this, there is another way to look at being vigilant, being watchful. What, what, what is that? I was, I was reading and thinking about it today and it came to me like, it hits me really like, there's another way of understanding being watchful. Okay, I'm gonna- Yes, go ahead. Um, that we should be really aware that uh, the devil is always fighting us. So no matter what, you know, like we really benefited from like the liturgy and, um, or spiritual meeting, there is always a fight against, you know, like to, to steal, yes. you know, like the, the, the benefits that we are having, we already gained. Yes. So, so when we are aware of this, aware of this all the time, yes. when it happens yes. um, to, to stay, yes. stay, stay strong and know that right. the enemy is fighting. 
else. And use the prayer as the weapon. So being what Fahim is saying is being watchful that there is always an attack. There is always a fight. As one of the fathers told us before, and I always use that, that you are always inside the arena. <laughs> There's always a fight. If you decide to sit on the bench, that's fine, but you're not getting anything. <laughs> you cannot sit on the bench, actually, because sitting on the bench, you're out of the game. <laughs> but you are always in the arena, knowing that we always have the victory. So yes, we're fighting, but we have the victory already. We are yes. more than victorious, as St. Paul says. Mm -hmm. So be watchful that there is always an attack. And the one and only way to, to defeat those attacks and claim that victory is through the prayer. Because the prayer, again, I am in his presence. Mm -hmm. And we know all the stories of the Synexarium, of the saints, of the church fathers, how they use the name of the Lord. Anthony the Great. And how he's beaten, physically beaten. And then just by using the name of the Lord, he will disappear. And that's why we always say you know, what one of the beautiful things is the Jesus prayer, what we call it the arrow-like prayer, Salah Sahmiya. It's like an arrow. You shoot. <laughs> you shoot the enemy. Be watchful. He's coming at you. Use your arrow and shoot. My Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And as you know from the church fathers that they used to say this, that every breath in and out, they use the Jesus prayer. And that's the continuous prayer. <laughs> one of the beautiful things I read one time, just as we're talking about prayer, is the name of the Lord, Yahweh. We translate it in English to the Lord. And in, in, the, in, the, in the transcript itself or in the scripture itself, you know, the Jewish, they don't even say Yahweh, but they put what? Adonai. Why? Because, because this is the name of the Lord. But in, if you look at, at the translation itself, as the, as, at, at the language itself, there is no word, there's no verb, there's no Yahweh. So one of the, some of the church fathers actually contemplate about this, that Yahweh is actually the sound of the breathing, Yahweh, the in and out. As he is the source of life. And as he is that actually every time I say the name of the Lord as I'm breathing him. You cannot parse Yahweh in, 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 in Arabic. You cannot do that in, in, in Hebrew. Because there is, there is no one. Actually, the, 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 in the text itself, they either you know, leave it blank or they put Adonai, the Lord. So be watchful. Be watchful. Another meaning also of being watchful is watch for the opportunities that you need to pray for. And that's what he talks about later on, which is redeeming the time, redeeming the opportunity. So if I'm watchful that I am in the spirit of prayer, when I see that person that, that, that cursed me, for example, or that boss that is giving me hard time, or the wife that is giving me hard time at home, or the husband that is whatever, those things become what? An opportunity. Opportunities. So I'm watchful for those things that I'll take this and I'll use it as an opportunity to, to pray. Hey. To pray, exactly. Exactly. It's just a different mindset. Instead of looking at those things like, why is this happening to me? And that person, you know, should whatever. And this, no, I take all those, all those, because I'm watchful. So I take all those things as an actual catalyst and reason to actually take him as a matter of prayer. And that's what St. Paul is saying. Again, remember, he's talking to people who are very much easily being drifted away. He started the start. He started the good start. He started on the right track, and they are being drifted away. They are, they are pushed away off the right path because of the teaching, because of the pressure, because of everything, which is, again, very, very, very relevant to us now. And he's telling them that the only way to do this, after I told you that you are new, you put the new man, you have to do this, you have to do that. But again, the bottom line, again, as he concludes the, the, the epistle, this is the last chapter. Let's go back again to pray on season. Go back again to be watchful in your prayer. Use every opportunity. I will never forget one time I was 
one of the of the of the monks, the fathers, was visiting here, and I took him uh, took him to Minnehaha Falls. I think it's a beautiful day like today, and we were walking, and every single step he's taken and he's praising God. And we're walking and I'm enjoying the, the 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 weather and the view, and here I am just kind of living my life, and he's like, okay, thank you, Lord, thank you, God, thank you, glory be to God. Like, okay, we've done it already. You know, <laughs> can we talk about anything else? <laughs> but no, that that was his mind. His mind. He couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't waste his time <laughs> for whatever we want to talk about. It's an opportunity. Why he's watchful? That he can pass along a beautiful day like today without praising God. He can see the beauty of the weather, of the of the nature, of the falls, the water, without saying actually, wow, this is actually I'm connected more. That's why I was saying, like last Sunday in the sermon, I was talking about find your wilderness, find that place that you can actually open your mouth and receive. But if we're not watchful, oh, it's a beautiful day. You know, I'll just enjoy myself. See, this is the difference between, as you said before, a self-centered life and a Christ-centered life. Oh, I am the, I'm, I'm having, having a blast. This is the best day the whole year. I feel good, which is good, okay. But don't forget that the source of this is what? That this is an opportunity for us to be in prayer. It's just a mindset. Definitely, definitely, you know, triggered by the spirit. But if I'm not in that mindset, I will use, I will lose that opportunity. And that's what he talks about later on. So be vigilant in it with thanksgiving. And then he, he, this is another, another example of, of, again, as I was just saying, living a Christ-centered life versus a, a self-centered life. So Paul, St. Paul is in prison, right? And he's sending that letter and put yourself in his shoes, right? You're sending a letter to people who, the church, and he would request them to pray for him. What would you ask the people to pray for you at that time? I'm in prison, free me, you know, I'm tired. <laughs> this is so much. But you look at what he's asking them to pray for. Meanwhile, praying also for us, he's asking them to pray for them, for him, that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> is that all what you're concerned about? Yes. Yes. And why is that? Again, because he is in the mindset of prayer. Right? So what he's saying, and this is actually, I was reading about this, it's just, he's actually, he's literally imprisoned and he's literally looking at like, I want the door to be open for me so I can get out of that prison, get out of my chains, not so I can live my life, not so I can enjoy, not so I can be free, but to do what? That God will give me the boldness, the power, to open door that I can speak the mystery, to, to reveal the mystery of Christ. It's, it's so, so powerful. It's so powerful that, that he is living for that and only for that. That the one thing that comes to his mind as he's asking the people, the church to pray for him, pray for me that God will open doors that I will declare, I will manifest the mystery of Christ. And it has to be out of love. There's nothing. It has to be out of that. that again, as we said before, he was in the light when the Lord appeared to him. It's not like he saw a light in front of him as we described before, but the actual word that he was in the light. There was light around him, surrounding him. So he can never forget that experience. So if you want to take this on and apply it to us, what are those prison or imprisonment that preventing me from actually speak and declare the mystery of the Lord? So busy, so busy, not even thinking about it. Right. What else? 
I mean, you, you, you summon everything in the beat. It's just everything. Yes, Lana. Fear. Fear, definitely. Fear. Fear from the, the reaction of people. Fear of losing something. Fear of being uh, admitted or, or labeled as so and so and so. We're actually just starting that, uh, that series with, uh, with, uh, with SALT, our mission group. We'll, we'll start at Mission Grounds. We have like, a, like every, every once in a while, we have a series of, of, of small short videos for a theme with, uh, with uh, on SALT, our mission group. So with God's guidance, we, 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 we'll talk, we just recorded the introduction today to be uh, posted on Monday. And then for the next five Mondays, we'll have one, just two, three minutes maximum. But the theme that we're talking about this time is hallelujah. <laughs> and, and looking into that and doing, doing research about it, one of the meaning of hallelujah is, is boasting. And boasting actually, because you are boasting at that time, you are labeled as foolish because you're boast about something that you don't know what it is. So in a way, hallelujah is linked to the world calling me foolish. That's, that's the mind behind it. That when I stand and praise God, not, not verbally, actually, if it happened verbally, I mean, you see people who are, you know, and they stand in the middle of the street and hallelujah, and they're like, this, this is a crazy guy, right? Mm -hmm. But in a way, saying and living hallelujah and praising the Lord, that means that the, the world will look at me as what? As foolish. What are you praising God for? Don't you see what's happening? Is this time of praise? So fear is, yes, definitely. Fear is a big prison. St. Anthony actually says that fear is the gate of every evil thing to come through there. The fearful person is opening a gate for every kind of devil to come and to attack. So opening the door to reveal the mystery, not necessarily a stand and preach or go on a mission or have a megaphone in the corner of the street or in the market as we do in Africa. No, <laughs> but, but to be that, 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 what, that, that, that open message, open book. As we said before, you know, there, is, there, are, there are five gospels, not four, because the fifth one is what? Us. People do not read the gospel. You can see the gospel in us. So that's the fifth gospel. So fear, business, again, as I said before, just living a self-centered life, right? All I care is about me. So the misunderstanding of the whole purpose. If it's all about me. And the problem is I'm not happy when I do this. This lifestyle is never a joyful life. It adds more pressure, more depression, more anxiety, more everything. But I continue to live that same life. And that's why St. Paul in the prison wrote the epistle of joy, right? Philippians, rejoice in the Lord. So taking every opportunity and now he's asking them to, to pray for him that the door, there is a door open as if he's literally asking for the door of the prison to be open. You know, next, next month, October, I think it was... Uh, Actually, this month, September, if you remember, those of you who know the history of the Coptic Church and, and, and back in, uh, in, uh, in 81, when, when President, President Sadat uh, put the, the Pope, Pope Shnud at that time, on house arrest and put 24 priests in, in, in prison for a long time. And this time, I don't know if you read this book or not, the, by, by Father Lua uh, Sidarus. Uh, 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 memories from the prison. It's both in Arabic and English. It's an amazing book. Talking about those days that he was in the prison and how, how harsh that was in the beginning. To the point, like at one point in the beginning, they were he had to be on his on his on his on the floor on his face near the door to get fresh air, just oh, from under the under the under the 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 the, 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 the threshold of the door. But turned the whole prison into church, into praising. And the people were amazed. And how come you're, you're keeping your 
your your peace and your love and your how how could this happen? It's an amazing amazing memories. Uh, Father Lua, Luca uh, Sidaros, right? If somebody correct me if I'm sorry, right? Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's in Arabic, Muzakrat Kahan Fasign, and in English, I think, uh, Memoirs of a Priest in Prison. I'll have to look up the actual translation and see, but I know that's translated in both, uh, in, in from Arabic into English. He's in heaven now. Yes, yes, he went to heaven. I think we celebrated like one year that. Uh, so, so again, that's the mindset that they are in the prison, but they are what? Praying that God will open a door for them to reveal the mystery, even inside the prison. And this is again, just a few years ago, I'm not talking about, you know, the fifth century or the first century, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I lived this, you know, one of those people was my, my own uncle, Abunab Shoy, and, and I, I know that story and I know I've, I've heard things. So it's something that's very, 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 real but that's that's exactly what they did that they were praying that the lord will open a door for the word to speak to speak the mystery to reveal the mystery of christ for which i am also in chains and that's if you look at at, at everything all our struggles in this view through this lens you see that how much evil and devil is always trying to imprison us in order to not for the word of the Lord to be revealed. So if you look at any trouble from this mindset, you'll definitely be able to, to like, I have to get out of this with the power and with the grace of the Lord. Because again, the problem is not you. The problem is not the, the, the whatever that, that issue is. The problem that the devil is imprisoning the people of the Lord and the people, the children of God. So the word of God is not being revealed. Um. Hmm. The, that, that's his prayer that I make it manifest as I ought to speak I ought to speak that I have to do it revealing the mystery so if we are not living that mystery how can we reveal it? and as we said before it's not just my salvation it's not just my story it's the story of the whole world and god has put me in whatever place in whatever time in whatever season whatever work whatever family whatever neighborhood whatever community for that reason for that one and only reason yes. to reveal the mystery of god and so so meaningful and so energizing, like this is, if this is the reason God has put me in this time, in this place, in this whatever, like, like how you, you should, I should know how, how precious I am that God wants to use me for that purpose. That I ought to make it manifest. It's an amazing mindset to do that. That's the love. As I, as I did before, if you go backward from this backward, now it makes more sense why I have to put off this and why I have to do this and why I have to do this. And so take this and go backward as we did last time again, you see the reason why. Sorry, Fahima, you wanna say something? Oh, I, I was saying it's because of the love of God in the heart. That's why, right. you know, that desire, it just comes yes. naturally. Yes, definitely. And because of that, then, okay, like, how do you do that? Then takes it to the next step now, because, because what's on his mind is revealing, making manifest the mystery of Christ. Now he goes, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside. Those who are outside meaning those who are outside the, the faith, outside the faith, right? And again, the faith is, is the faith. So instead, of, and, I, and I always give that example, I always remind myself, you know, instead of walking, say you walk in the mall and seeing a couple doing whatever, or somebody's dressed in whatever way, or, 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 you know, walking in wisdom will actually make me redeem, as you'll see in the rest of the, of the, of the verse, redeeming the time. Redeeming means buying the time. 
So there is a price. You buy the time, you buy this opportunity because that person that you're about to judge or you're about to say, how could she do this? How could he dress like this? How are they acting like that? That's an opportunity again to do what? To redeem and to manifest and to declare the word of God. I might have said this before, uh, a story that we were in, in Bolivia with, uh, with Bishop uh, Yusuf of Bolivia, not Bishop Yusuf of the Southern State, there are two Bishop Yusufs in that church. Uh, and we had uh, uh, Dr. Atif Ma'awad from Chicago, one of the, the beautiful people. And so the bishop you know, left the, the, the group and took me and Dr. Atif just kind of like, in, we were getting something, we're in a tour in the city. So we're driving with him in the car and uh, first intersection and a uh, couple of beggars you know, on the corner. So, so the bishop, like, you know, he had some, some, something in his car, so just like stopped and, and give something. So Dr. Atif was saying, was, was, uh, was uh, the first, first comment, he says, uh, do you have beggars here? And the bishop right away turned to him and said, we are the beggars, not them. It was just like, like very profound. We are the beggars. Don't judge them. He said it in a very nice way, but very, very strong way. We are the beggars. You don't know about them. So next time I see that, that homeless on the corner and start to judge, like, you know, what, better go find a job or he's asking for money for drugs or something. Take this opportunity. Even if I pray for that person, you don't want to give anything, don't give anything. But don't judge. When you see a homeless person, just at least lift up a prayer for the person. That's what he's saying here. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time, buying the time. Buying as you're actually paying money to buy the time. That's exactly what he said in Ephesians 6 620. Same thing, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Same thing. And then finally, finally, how can you do all this? Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. And it goes back again to what the Lord himself said. And as I was saying last time, St. Paul didn't start his own theology, as people say. He was seeing everything from the teaching of the Old Testament and from the teaching of Christ himself. By the way, the, 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 in the Old Testament, since we're talking about the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the, the direction to put, sorry, <laughs> before you offer a sacrifice, that the sacrifice has to be what? Salted. Put salt on the sacrifice. And, and, and St. Macarius the Great has a beautiful homily about that. It says that we need to, in our, after we offer ourselves to the Lord, we need to be salted by the salt of the spirit. So we become a source of life for other people. It's, it's, and that's what he's trying to say here. This is, this is exactly what he's saying, that, that your, your, your speech be with grace and with salt. Salt. How can I get the salt unless I get it from the, from the Holy Spirit? From the Holy Spirit. So, so that's, 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 again, how can I maintain that? How can I, how can I maintain that mindset when I am out and about and, and dealing with, you know, with, 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 with work and with people, with this and that? How can I maintain that mindset that I'm always in prayer, that I'm always redeeming the opportunities, that I'm always watchful? How can I redeem that? How can I do this? With all the distractions, with all the business, with everything, I will not be able to do that without the salt of the spirit. Let me read just a, a, a small section from this homily from, from St. Macarius the Great. And I'll finish with that. And being themselves salt, they seasoned and salted every believing soul with the salt of the Holy Spirit. For the Lord said to them, you are the salt of the earth, talking about the disciples and the apostles. You are the salt of the earth, meaning by earth, the hearts of men. It's beautiful. You are the salt of the earth, meaning by earth, what? The heart of men. So you are the salt that's coming and being added to the heart of people. To do what? 
to remove the worms, to remove the, 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 the uh, rottenness that's in the heart and to bring life. You are the salt of the earth, meaning by earth, the hearts of men. They administered in the souls of men, the heavenly salt of the spirit. It's amazing. They administered in the souls of men, the heavenly salt of the spirit, seasoning them and rendering them free from corruption and from going bad instead of that unsavory condition they were in. Thanks to our great church fathers. So that's what St. Paul is saying. Be your, your speech, be what? Salted. So that salt, that talk that, that lands on the heart of the people will be the salt that will remove corruption. Do we believe that we are so much important? <laughs> that we have so much impact on humanity? How we, we keep, I'm the first one, we're very easy to judge and to complain. And to say people are so and so, and nowadays no one has this, and, and we keep doing this. But let's pray that our speech become what? Salted. So when the word lands on the heart of the people, it will remove corruption and add what? I mean, so powerful. So powerful. And we have to start. Don't say, like, who are we to change the world? Yes, we can change the world. 12 people and 70 disciples, they changed the world upside down as it's written in the book of Acts. But we need to keep this and we need to pray for that. and We need to be aware of that. But let your speech be with grace and salted, seasoned with salt. And that salt is the salt of the Holy Spirit. I'm not bringing my own salt. <laughs> I'm not gonna go buy some salt and no, I have no salt but be the salt of the spirit that I will receive and I will speak salt. So the word lands on the heart of the earth, the salt of the earth, as St. Macarius said, is the heart of the people. It's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Change people, change people. And each one of us is invited to do that. That's our goal, that's our goal to declare the glory of the kingdom. And how can we declare that glory of the kingdom unless we receive from him, take the salt of the spirit and sprinkle <laughs> that salt on every heart to receive. That's why previously in the last chapter, we said, let your speech with what? With psalms and hymns and, 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 and spiritual homilies. That's exactly the same thing. That's exactly the same thing. Not necessarily that every word I'm saying is gonna be a verse from the Bible, no. But it will be infused as the salt is infused in all the food without recognizing it, but it gives what? Flavor, it gives taste. You don't see the salt on this and this, you don't see it. So not necessarily every single word that I say, it will be, I'm gonna give a sermon as I'm talking every single time, no. But to be infused in everything. The word will reach the heart, which is the earth and will remove corruption as St. Macarius says and brings stuff. Very, very practical, very, very, very straight to the point. But again, some people are very, very hard. And then again, we'll go back again to the beginning. Well, let's be in continuous prayer so we can be able to do that. Sorry, I speak a lot. Comments? Thank you, Amen. Yes. We're talking about the, 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 the Prayer as a weapon. Our struggle not with blood and flesh, but with the principalities, with the rulers of this world. But we have the power. Yes. Any questions or comments? Okay. Thank you. We'll continue uh, rest of chapter four next time. I can't promise you that we'll finish the full chapter next time. But uh, at least again, as I said before, this is the last chapter of the of the of the of the epistle. So uh, we might have a couple more, two or three times, maybe. Um, um, read it, read it before you, you you attend next time, so we can know. Again, next the the, the 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 rest of the chapter is lots of names and lots of people, and like why is why why are all those names listed there? So we'll 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 look into that and see exactly uh, what is the significance say, of of the of the 
of the of the rest of the epistle uh, in that way. Thank you. I will see you tomorrow. Those who are here, those who are attending. Thank you, Sabun. Thank you, Abuna. Let's Thank you so much. And then we can name the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit. May the love of God the Father, Jesus, only because I send the King of the Holy Spirit with you. Go in peace, peace be with you all. Amen. Thank you. Goodbye. It's always good to have you, sorry, and goodbye. <laughs> Bye, Otsabuna. Bye, Abuna. Otsabuna, I sent you something to say I'm frustrated because I was trying to log in. Okay. I'm in Florida. Okay. I was trying to log in at five at six thirty my time, which is was five thirty oh. your time. Okay. And okay. I couldn't so I sent you a text to say, Abuna, I'm frustrated. I cannot get in. No worries. No worries. So thank you, Otsabuna. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.